While we are excited about the upcoming season and the future for the LA Kings, it's also fun and important to take a look at the past as well. And today, we look at the impact Wayne Gretzky had on the Kings when he was traded to Los Angeles. We ask the question, is the great one the greatest king of all time? We are joined by Kings reporter and hockey author Dr. Brian Kennedy to discuss. That's next on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy this content. We are at 570 subscribers and feeling very good about our goal to get to 600 by the end of the month. So thank you to all who have liked and subscribed. I am Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. The past 20 plus years of the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co host, sidekick reporter, and NHL insider, also co host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years, and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. We are two days away from the 2022 rookie faceoff in San Jose. Training camp opens in a week. We are 14 days away from the Kings' preseason opener against the Sharks, and 27 days away from the LA Kings' season opener against the Vegas Golden Knights. We like to try and have special guests from time to time, at least one per week, and we have uh, some special guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but we're very happy to welcome in today uh, someone who has covered the LA Kings for many years. He's a member of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. He's a professor of English at Pasadena City College and is a noted hockey author of books like Growing Up Hockey, My Country is Hockey, and Facing Wayne Gretzky. He is... Dr. Brian Kennedy, and we are happy to have him on the show. Hello, Brian. How are you? Hi there, Eddie. Thank you very much for having me on. Hello, fans. I hope you enjoy what we have to say today. Let me take you back to August 9th, 1988. The LA Kings acquired Wayne Gretzky, Mike Krujelniski, and Marty McSorley from the Edmonton Oilers for Jimmy Carson, Martin Jelena, first round picks in 20, or excuse me, 1989 and 1991, and 15 million dollars i was a senior in high school and i was not a hockey fan at the time but i remember the trade happening i remember being interested in how could the greatest player in his sport and maybe the greatest player ever in his sport actually get traded away from a team that was so successful and and he was so successful on uh where were you and what do you remember about the day wayne gretzky was shipped off to los angeles well, I'm <clears throat> I'm Canadian, right? And I grew up in Montreal and then later in Peterborough, Ontario. But by that point, I had come to the U.S. to do school. And I was actually in grad school um, at Miami University of Ohio. And the way I heard about it was on August 10th. So remember, no social media. I'm living in Ohio. There's really no hockey anywhere near the Blue Jackets were a decade or two away. You know, there was just no hockey. So I was in grad school. I had a seminar that summer and I walked into class on the 10th of August, the day after. And the teacher, the professor said something like, well, I bet yesterday was a big day for you. And I was like, gee, I think it was just an average Tuesday or whatever day of the week it was. I had no idea Wayne Gretzky had been traded. Um, <laughs> 
until he said it. And then I scurried around trying to find information. But again, no internet. You're at the mercy of whatever newspaper you could grab. And I honestly don't remember. What I probably did was called home because obviously it was all over the media in Canada to the point where they were hanging Pocklington in effigy and little, you know, dummies that they made. And the government was supposed to do a book, what the Canadians love, a parliamentary inquiry to try <laughs> to figure out what happened. So I'm pretty sure I must have called home and gotten the information that way. But as far as August the 9th, blank. It is amazing when you think about how things have changed and how instant news can be across the world with things. And and oh, and back sure. back in the day, you you, you couldn't even uh, you didn't even possibly know about some big breaking news depending right. on where you were. Uh, little so, did I imagine that years later I'd be in Los Angeles. First of all, I had no idea I'd be out here. I had no idea I'd be writing about hockey. That story is told in growing up hockey in a way that. I hope is amusing. And I really had no idea that I could write a, a Wayne Gretzky book. And I, before I forget, or I get talking about specifics and run out of time, you showed the book. What you couldn't have showed, because it's in my copy, is this. Oh, look at that. That's our the great friend, one. Our friend Gunnar Nordstrom, who is oh, okay. also a hockey writer of many, many years and, and a ton of books, including a fantastic one about Nick Lidstrom. He gave Wayne Gretzky this book of mine. And Gretzky read it and signed it back, saying to Brian, loved reading your book, Great Job, Wayne Gretzky, 2015. So wow. could I have ever imagined that at that time? No possible way. I, I've been very privileged, and, and I'm sure you feel the same way, Eddie, coming from a small town up north, to be here and be part of the hockey media. And the Kings and the Ducks, of course, as well. But the Kings were my first team I started to cover fall of 2005 when the lockout ended. And they've been nothing but wonderful as far as access goes. Well, let me talk to you about the Kings and your book, Facing Wayne Gretzky, because the question is, how in the hell could this happen, really? I mean, as I said, it was a shocking, shocking trade. It, it reverberated throughout the whole sports world, not, not just the hockey world. Uh, it was a, a huge story. And, of course, in Los Angeles, uh, it, was, it was a gigantic story because the greatest player in hockey was coming to L.A. and nobody really saw that coming. Although you, in your book, talk to then owner Bruce McNall about how in the heck this happened. And you mentioned the key to it a minute ago, 15 million bucks back then was a lot of money. It's a lot of money now, at least to me, but back then, what would that be worth now? 30 million or something. Um, McNall said that he had been bugging the, the Oilers over the years. Like he would run into the owner and be like, Hey, when are you going to send me Wayne Gretzky? Hey, I'd love to have Wayne Gretzky. And the guy just laughed it off every time. Oh, yeah, sure, I'm going to send you Wayne Gretzky, like all of us would have said, right? Are right, you crazy? Right. not prying Gretzky out of my hands. And then suddenly um, Wayne Gretzky was hooked up. I don't know if he was married or not at the time. I don't think so with Janet, um, Janet Jones at the time. And she is an actor or was an actor and was spending, I guess, summers or a good deal of time down here. And so apparently Wayne spent some time down here as well. And he would every once in a while pop into McNall's office for a chat. And one day the news came, you know what? This could be real. For McNall, it wasn't just about hockey. He wasn't trying to build the best hockey team he could. What he was trying to do was build the best I don't know if you would say media empire, but I guess it would be pretty much media empire that he could. And he knew that if he got Wayne here, 
the star power would come out of the woodwork. And that's exactly what happened. And as I was researching for this book, people like Kelly Rudy are telling me stuff like, oh yeah, I got traded here in the second night or the first night I was here. I'm having a drink with Pat Sajak and his son and McNall at the forum. I saw Goldie Hawn. Ronald Reagan was calling up for tickets. McNall told me that. Um, so it, we as hockey fans and lovers of the game, and especially people with a deep, long knowledge of hockey, have this idea that it was about hockey. And it was, but it was about what hockey would do in a different context, which is as culture, as media, as entertainment, as a dollar producer, which is why McNall was willing to give 15 million bucks to start with, because he knew it would come back. And basically the other trimmings of the trade were like window dressing, right? You can't just sell the guy, you've got to trade him but it was really more than anything, the sale of an asset. And it's hard to imagine a more impactful trade as far as selling a sport to an area, because in California, you just had the one team, the Kings at the time, there was no coyotes, certainly no golden Knights or Kraken, no sharks. Uh, and, and, you know, the Kings had a following and I know that there are some people who are watching this or listening to this, who are old school Kings fans before Gretzky was around back at the forum in the old uh, forum blue and gold days. And Marcel Dion is a guy we're going to talk about in a little bit. But like I said, I'm a Kings fan because of Wayne Gretzky. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And it made hockey cool. It put it on the map. It was not just, uh, as you said, about hockey, but about growing the sport and making the Kings a, a, a player and putting them on the map in Los Angeles. You had the Dodgers. You had the Lakers who were unbelievably successful. And the Kings needed to do something to make a big splash. So as far as the impact of this, as far as growing a sport in a region, I can't think of another of another trade that was bigger in all of North American sports. I mean, Babe Ruth was traded to the Yankees, but it didn't turn thousands and thousands of New Yorkers into baseball fans or create other teams in New York, right? I mean, this is this trade is one of the most impactful trades in the history of sports. Bob Miller's told me different times, he's in this book too, but I don't know if it's in this book. He's told me that they had done a lot to try to grow the game and interest people and had lots of sponsorships, but nothing ever caught on. Um, Dave Taylor mentioned when, when I was talking to him for this book that um, they, they were always wondering about the audience every night driving to the game. And he always focused on, oh, well, it's Montreal, there will be a good crowd. Oh, well, it's Toronto, there will be a good crowd. Well, he started driving Gretzky after the trade, and Gretzky's question would be not, who are we playing and therefore how big will the audience be, but how can we make the audience come out to see us? And so this whole thing grew the sport, as you said, but created a phenomenon that people just wanted to be part of. There's an old joke, I'm sure everybody knows it, but it's funny anyway. Um, a guy calls up the forum in, let's just say, 1971 and says, what time's the game tonight? And the lady puts the phone down and comes back and says, well, what time can you be there? So that was, you know, they had smallish crowds. The game, the team hat was not a phenomenon. Training camp took place in a small arena, what, in Burbank or the Valley or somewhere. After Gretzky came, every single training camp, they had crushes of people. Every single preseason game they played, no matter where it was, Gretzky had to play, even though obviously he doesn't need to play in any way, but he had to play in the sense that the audience demanded it. So suddenly the Kings are the ticket. Oh, I'm going to see Gretzky play in Toronto. 
not I'm going to go see Toronto play somebody or other. And so the whole table was turned and the phenomenon that was the Kings grew out of that. Let's face it, even at that point, they weren't all that good a team. And they had some success, mainly against the Oilers as rivals. And then, of course, the run to the cup final in um, 93, which a lot of people talk to me about. And I remember because I'm a Montreal fan. So I was watching Ooh. that. But on the other side, with all the overtime, Montreal won that year. Yeah. And, and then kind of the surprising win against the Kings. But um, that that was just such an exciting thing. and it, But it wasn't until then. So that's five years after Gretzky got here that the Kings really did something worthy of note as far as – by the way, Gretzky well, was – Well, it may be unfair – the very week that I arrived here from Ohio Sa- to live, St. Louis, he was yeah he was oh, traded away in February of '96. So I don't think it was my fault, but I can't rule it out entirely. That reminds me of when I moved to Long Beach. I was so excited. I was in walking distance of the Long Beach Arena. I was going to go to all the Ice Dog games. They they were they were fold they folded. <laughs> Right, oh, wow. after I, right after I got there, which was uh, which was a bummer. Hey, it may be unfair to uh, to debate who the greatest player is for a sport or for a team, but we're going to do it anyway in just a second uh, as far as debating who the greatest L.A. King is of all time. But before we get into that, uh, I do want to remind you, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football developments uh, game matchups, news, and podcasts. Bet Online is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net today for or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. We continue with NHL writer and hockey author, Dr. Brian Kennedy. And like I said, Brian, I know it's hard to do because comparing players over eras, there's different rules. There's different things that develop in sports, probably not fair, but it is kind of fun. And so I did want to get your thoughts on who you think the greatest LA King is of all time. And uh, certainly Wayne Gretzky could be uh, that player. I, I think there's no doubt he's the greatest player to ever wear a King sweater. I think he's no doubt the most impactful Los Angeles King. But when I'm asked the question to myself, is he the greatest LA King? My actually, my answer is actually no. What is your response when you hear the question, like who is the greatest LA King of all time? Well, I'm going to have to just set Gretzky aside because I can't imagine honestly thinking anybody else is greater. Um, there have been very few really great players over the years up until this past decade. I actually have this book called the Esso Power Players book. It's this thing that you got at the gas station. You bought the stickers as a kid. So I was like, well, I'm going to see Eddie. Let me think. Let me look. So this is, I think, the 1970-71 Kings. Bob Barry was there. He's a great player. I wouldn't say the greatest. Um, but there are people like Paul Curtis, Larry Cahan, Gordon. Oh, you're going Foster, old school, man. Guys I've never, ever heard of. Never. So I was kind of brainstorming, and I thought, okay, for the 70s, there are two. It would be Rogie, and it would be um, Butch Goring. And actually, even to say that, I was a hockey fan and a teenager in the 70s, and I only remember Goring after he went to the New York Islanders and played a pit bull um, style that helped them win their first and then other Stanley Cups. So 
you know, you almost have to say, of course, we have Dion, we have Taylor, um, Kelly Rudy, Yari Curry, although that was more a matter of being with Gretzky. But honestly, I think we are extremely privileged to have seen Jonathan Quick, Carter, Williams, Kopitar, Brown, Dowdy. I mean, we've seen the greatest era with our own eyes. I'll just throw this in. I really, really resent East Coast media who I have heard say, well, Jonathan Quick, is he a Hall of Famer? What are you talking about? The guy is one of the greatest goalies in history, and he's unquestionably better than several, and I'm not going to name them Roberto Luongo, Oops, (laughs) Um, several goalies that have made it into the Hall of Fame of late. Jonathan Quick won uh, two Stanley Cups. One of them, at least, was entirely his responsibility. He's a Conn Smythe winner. He's got those numbers, explosive style, incredible athleticism, even at the age that he's at now. If I had to pick one person of all the people I've just talked about, Quick would be the one. Let's call Jonathan Quick the greatest L.A. King of all time. That's uh, that's it. Very interesting. Um, I, I look. I didn't see Marcel Dion play, uh, so it's so difficult for me to, you know, talk about him being the greatest king of all time. And yet, I mean, he still has the numbers. He's the king's all-time leader in points and assists. He's only seven goals behind Luke Robitaille for right. the most goals scored. Was in, it five hundred and fifty goals? I wrote it down. I can't find it just now, but he's got he had- it, it's one thousand three hundred and seven points. Yeah. Uh, and 757 assists. Uh, Luke's the all-time goal-scoring leader at 557. Uh, he's fifth in assists, second in points to Dion. I think he's on the list. Um, I think, obviously, Gretzky's on the list as well. The only LA King to win a Hart Trophy. Uh, that's certainly something. Um, but he's he's eighth in goals. I mean, his career, if you just look at his LA King's career, it's still very, very good but it wasn't what it was in Edmonton, right? And I, I just think when you take the totality of players' careers while wearing the King sweater, Gretzky's very good. And again, not, not, not talking about what he's done off the ice or, or the impact he had when he came here, but just his actual playing, I, I see there's an argument for other players. I think there's an argument for Dion. I think there's an argument for Luke Robitaille. I think there's even an argument for Andre Kopitar, to be honest with you. And you brought up Jonathan Quick, so there's, there's definitely debate to be had. Well, I mean, these guys maybe get a little bit underappreciated because they play out here by people on the East. We're not on the East. We're here. We see them. And you've seen the record of what they've done. This isn't just a once in a, in a you know, two decades team. I love the Ducks too in a lot of ways. And again, they've been really generous with me and I appreciate everything they've done. They had a fantastic team in 2007 the won the Stanley Cup, and that was actually a more Canadian team than the Ottawa Senators that they played. I did the math on who was from where. But that was not a team that got anywhere other than that. Now, if Doug's listening, he's going to say, it's Bruce Boudreaux's fault. He kept going to the finals in Game 7s of conference finals and whatever and losing. Okay, yes, he did. He can't win in the playoffs. We know that. But that team didn't have the kind of impact on the game that the Kings did. The Kings basically inaugurated the hard, heavy hockey that was the hallmark of that period, thanks to Sutter. They were the ones who could adapt to different styles of play, which a lot of teams can't do. And they're famous for saying, if you want to play one way, we can play that way. If you want to play another way, we can play that way because they had solid defense as we've gone over great goaltending. 
offense, Kopitar, Brown. I mean, sure, was there a super, super, superstar forward? Well, Kopitar spends a good deal of time playing the game two ways. And so that obviously takes a little bit away from the scoring. I'm Unless I'm forgetting somebody, maybe Carter, but has there ever been a, a super fantastic sniper in, in this era? I don't think so. So you have to appreciate what these guys did individually and as a group over this last decade. Hey, Brian, it was awesome to get a chance to talk to you today a little bit about the history. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, like I said, we, we on this show and under, under, uh, un, it is um, uh, understandable is what I'm trying to say that we're focused on next season and the future of the Kings. We talk a lot about prospects. We had an episode about Quentin Byfield on, on yesterday's show, but we do every once in a while, I think need to do, need to look back because what has happened in the past shapes the future of where the LA Kings are at this point. So thanks for sharing a few memories about Wayne Gretzky. Uh, and of course the book is facing Wayne Gretzky. If people want to get a copy of it, what's the best way they can do that? Um, I think you can order it from Amazon. I, a lot of the time it'll end up just being on eBay so they can do that. Or if you, um, if they get a hold of you guys at the puck podcast, you can get me their emails and I can have them um, sent a book. It, I was very proud to see that it was declared a Canadian bestseller, but that's been like four or five years ago. So I don't know how easy it is to find them brand new, but anyway, um, just one more thing about the Kings. I yes. think we've seen a fantastic era and we're very privileged to have done so. But man, when you look at the team on paper coming up this year, that's going to be a nice, a nice go. And that's going to be a good hockey team and well worth watching. Well, Brian, I look forward to seeing you back out at the crypto.com arena here uh, in the future. It's been a while since I've seen you out there. I know COVID and all that kind of stuff, but uh, you've always been a good friend. Thanks for being a part of this show and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Eddie. I appreciate it very much. Again, that was Dr. Brian Kennedy, and uh, his book is Facing Wayne Gretzky. It's a very, very cool book. It, it's interesting that uh, he's not necessarily the author of the book. He's more the editor because it's it's really uh, the the own words of the people that faced Wayne Gretzky that, uh, that are in the book, uh, firsthand accounts of what it was like to play against Wayne Gretzky at, at different levels of hockey and different teams and things like that. So uh, we had a poll question yesterday, and uh, I wanted to give you the results of that. Uh, we talked about Quentin Byfield, and if he was still the right pick for the LA Kings over Tim Stutzla of the Ottawa Senators, who was the pick that was selected right after him. Uh, and uh, we we had an interesting development uh, in that. Uh, here's the results of the poll. Again, the question was, was Quentin Byfield still the right pick for the LA Kings over Tim Stutzla in the 2020 NHL draft? Uh, only 8% of you said that the answer is yes, but it's still going to take time to see the results. Uh, 17% of you said it's still way too soon to be able to answer that question. And 75% of you that voted said, no, they should have picked Tim Stutzla. Uh, the development that happened was our friends over at Locked On Senators saw the poll question, retweeted it, and so a lot of Ottawa Senator fans decided that they wanted to chime in and uh, let their presence be be known, which is fine. Uh, but I do think the results were skewed a little bit because I think there were a lot of Ottawa Senator fans that voted that Tim Stutzla was the was, should have been the choice for the LA Kings. So take that poll for what you will. Uh, good to have some uh, fans from other uh, teams take interest in Locked On LA Kings. And uh, I am looking forward to see how the Ottawa Senators do this year. I think they're one of the most improved teams in all of hockey. So I'm going to put up a new poll question for today, talking about what we talked about on this show, 
Uh, and that is who is the greatest LA King of all time. And certainly it's up for interpretation. There's no wrong answer. You can vote any way you want, uh, but we're going to put that up and we'll tell you about the results coming up on Thursday's show. Hey, I do want to remind you that uh, we've got uh, you know more hockey content here on the Locked On Networks. And uh, you need to check out Locked On NHL. Uh, it is where they uh, talk about hockey, everything going on in the world of hockey, breaking down the biggest stories in hockey five days a week. Uh, you need to subscribe. It is free on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube as well. Again, that is Locked On NHL. There is one uh, hockey note to pass along involving the LA Kings. Uh, They signed forward Nate Thompson to a professional contract. Thompson had previously played for the Kings, seeing action in 26 games in LA in uh, the 2017-18 season and 53 games for the Kings in the 2018-19 season. He's played 79 total games in LA. Uh, He has five goals, seven assists, and 12 points. This would be his 16th NHL season if he does make the Kings roster this year. He's played for just about everyone the Bruins, Islanders, Lightning, Ducks, Senators, Kings, Canadians, Jets, and two stints with the Flyers where he was last year. So a, a grizzled veteran guy who could see action if he makes the team on the fourth line, a guy who's been there, done that in pretty much every every capacity, uh, a grinder, um, a guy who's going to go to the dirty areas and, and be a four-checker and thing like things like that. He's obviously not going to score a lot of goals, but he's one of those role players and it gives you some depth in that kind of thing. Uh, maybe a Brendan Lemieux type of a player. I don't know if he's going to make the team or not, but if he does, a, a solid veteran who's been with the Kings before, Nate Thompson getting a professional tryout with the LA Kings. Uh, we want to remind you that coming up on tomorrow's show on Thursday, uh, we are going to have our normal Feedback Friday show. Coming up, we've got the rookie face-off uh, in San Jose. On Friday, the Kings are playing. Uh, a lot of their Kings rookies are playing in that event. I'm going to watch that event. We're going to report on that event on Friday's episode. That, so that means... That our normal feedback Friday is going to be actually on Thursday, tomorrow. So if you have an email you want to send me about anything we talked about, especially today, uh, also the Quentin Byfield stuff uh, as well, um, and 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 who's the greatest king of all time, love to get your feedback. The email address is feedback at, or excuse me, the email address, yeah, I got it right. The email address is feedback at Eddie, no, 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 I'll get it right. LockedOnEddie at gmail.com is the email address. LockedOnEddie, E-D-D-I-E the email address to send your questions, your comments about the show, anything we've talked about, the Quentin Byfield situation, or um, who you think the greatest king is of all time. Love to get your feedback, but you need to do it uh, before tomorrow's show. Also, please follow us on Twitter. We have that poll question up for you going up here shortly. Uh, who's the greatest LA king of all time, in your opinion? And that is at Locked On LA Kings. Hey, thank you so much for joining us and making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for watching and for listening to Locked On LA Kings. As I remind you, as always, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Kings, go.